Next on BYU Sports Nation, the new and improved BYU basketball one year later. What's making the biggest difference? BYU junior sharpshooter Chase Fisher joins us in studio where he thinks BYU Hoops has made the biggest improvement. Plus, BYU Volleyball Head Coach Chris McGowan on the upcoming season, and we debut the next great BYUSN segment. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. I am speed. Ka-chow! Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here, BYU Sports Nation, on your radio, television, and other media machines, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Wednesday, January 7th. As I mentioned, my name is Spencer, that is Jerem, and this is a man that just bought a 50-gallon drum to stock up on gasoline. It's not true. It's not true. Although I did go to Costco yesterday and got gas for buck eighty-seven. That was awesome. This is not going to last, but it's awesome. How much did it cost you to fill up? I don't remember. I didn't fill up. It was just halfway. Under two dollars per gallon. That just looks dumb now. Like I'm, I'm driving past. I'm driving it's past a, a bunch of, of gasoline uh, gas stations, and I'm just like, it just looks wrong. Like, are they out of business? Did they go out of business twenty years ago? No, it's real. It's now. It's happening. I don't know. I'm just really happy about it. I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Uh, word of caution. Do not just run out to the SUV store or the big truck store and buy a truck because gasoline is cheap now. I would imagine that it's going to get more expensive in the next few months. Or days. Who knows? But enjoy the journey. That was our message yesterday with BYU Basketball. Hey, enjoy there it. There is joy in the journey. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Join our BYU Sports Nation Twitter family Using the hashtag BYUSN, the conversation will continue as it always does, 24-7, starting with today's Twitter question. Nosotros somos familia, ¿no? Why is this year's BYU Hoops team better than last year? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at Mac. Still too early, haven't proven anything yet, need to win conference tourney and or get past first round NCA to make calls. No, 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 we're not okay. talking about finishing better. Well, he doesn't think BYU... He... Th- he it looks like Mike needs the season to play out to see. Now, what we do is analyze as we go. So, Mike, do you think that BYU is better than last year? I think BYU at 12 and, what are they, 12, 13 and 13 4, to 4 are better than the 10 and 7 BYU from last year. By that self alone. But I watch BYU and I go, they're better. And here's why. We're going to outline that in a minute. They're better, in, in my opinion. It's a leading question for sure. But use the hashtag BYUSN. Tell us what you think. If you disagree, tell us why. If you missed this yesterday, Brandon Davies on the NBA waiver wire. Teams can claim him off waivers before 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. If he's not claimed before that time, Brandon will become an unrestricted free agent. Now, most likely he's not going to get picked up on waivers because someone could sign him as a free agent and he pay him less. You get it for cheaper. That's likely what's going to happen. But I still believe that Brandon will end up on another NBA roster somewhere. He's... He's made an, enough of a name for himself has with he? the 76ers. I think he has. Really? He played a ton of minutes. He plays played more minutes this season than Jimmer. For the 76ers. Still. I, he didn't really play for the Nets. Doug Collins I, said some really I, good things about him. Okay. I hope he gets on a team. I don't think he's proven jack freaking squat, but I, I, he's got a shot. He's, he is reliable. He's played, he's played meaningless minutes on the worst team. I hope that he gets in the league, but it's not looking good. I think he will. BYU Sports Station simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. 
Topic One. The Difference Maker. Fisher, he'll try a three. That one's down. And Chase now with nine. BYU threw 17 games this year, 13 and four. Last year, 10 and seven. That alone would say, okay, well, they've won more games. So, so yeah, in that respect, they are better than last year. But let's look at it with some more detail. Why is BYU better when you say, well, I need to see the eye test? Well, the eye test for Jeremy and myself is, yes, BYU is better, but why? And it starts with defense. Por qué? And on defense right now, Jerem, you have a four-guard lineup, which is quicker, and they're making cleaner rotations. They just look quicker to the ball than they did in their zone defense last year when they got burned from the outside by a lot of West Coast Conference teams. I haven't seen that happen this year in non-conference play and now through four West Coast Conference games. Yeah, their D has improved for sure. Uh, They're four points better, about four points uh, fewer per game. Uh, they're still not playing great defense, be, but the stats are a little misleading in that BYU uh, gives up the most points of any team in the West Coast Conference, but that's because they have a ton of possessions. Naturally, you're going to have uh, your defense going to struggle if you have such an emphasis on offense. But Mark Pope told us earlier in the season that if they were just a little bit better on defense, that you would see a big difference. And I think we've seen a notable difference in BYU. They haven't won the biggest games, but they're 13-4. and four. They're looking like they're going to go on a nice run in the WCC. I don't see any team outside of St. Mary's and Gonzaga challenging BYU. So they're in a good spot. They're better defensively. Whether in man-to-man or zone defense, when picks are set, the four-guard lineup allows them to make the necessary adjustments, whether they're switching picks or just moving more quickly to uh, the open shooter, like there is, there is quickness that hasn't been there. And where have they struggled? When a team has quality bigs, like I've mentioned, and those teams are the teams that beat BYU. We'll it's, ask, it, it's simple. We'll ask Chase Fisher why he thinks the BYU defense has improved in about 15 minutes. Also, the senior experience, which was a huge talking point for BYU head coach Dave Rose on Media Day with us here at BYU Sports Nation. I think the first thing is is that you guys have to believe that. And that's from, you know, our captains to our seniors that they believe that the way to really improve uh, and with this year's team and go further into the postseason is uh, for us to, you know, to be stronger defensively. BYU had zero seniors on the roster last season. They have five on the roster this season. A couple of them are making a huge impact, namely Anson Winder, who I feel is the best lockdown defender. A guy you could say, yeah, go guard Kevin Pangos or go guard another great shooter, Johnny, what's his name from San Diego? Johnny D. Should be Johnny O. Anson Winder is that lockdown defender, and he's a senior. He's a guy that leads by example. Yeah, BYU plays a lot of zone for a reason. If they're going to go for a – because you don't play great man-to-man, that's why you play zone. Uh, and you look at the four-guard lineup. You want to play a zone because it's going to be easier to rebound in space there. Kyle Collinsworth isn't uh, stuck maybe guarding the point guard on the perimeter. He's on the inside where he can get more rebounds. Triple-doubles mean 10-plus rebounds. That's happened several times this year. And strategically, it is more difficult to rebound playing zone defense, but BYU is doing figured a out. much better job of that this year compared to last year. And Luke Worthington averages a whopping 2.2 rebounds per game at 6, 10, or 11. The reason that is because he and Isaac Nielsen, these guys, are getting locked up with their guy a lot of times, and then the guards come in and pick up the scraps. BYU's big guards, namely Kyle Collinsworth, who is averaging over eight rebounds per game. I think he's second in the conference right now per game. Fact. 
He's Dwight a, Schrute. He's a point fact. guard. Yeah, fact. The offense, and we'll stay with the senior leadership uh, theme here when we talk about BYU's offense. Tyler Haas, Anson Winder, Skyler Halford coming off the bench as the sixth man. The addition of a healthy Nate Austin will help at some point. But the Hopefully offense. Hopefully in 10 days, right? I hope. That's the target. I mean, he told me he he really wants to get back for the St. Mary's road game, which would be huge. BYU is scoring more points. Yeah, no duh. But why? And the first thing that I thought of was, well, they're just making a lot of three-pointers. When you look look at that, just how many three-pointers are BYU making as a team? And now we segue to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's only 21 made threes away from last year's total. That's how many threes BYU's made. 156 uh, so far, 177 last year. Okay, that's bonkers because they've played 17 games this year. They played 35 games all of last year. You have better shooters on the court and they're making them. BYU's offense, to your question about the offense, why is the offense better? Why are they scoring more? BYU's taking great shots. I don't see a lot of forced shots. Tyler Haas, at times in big games, is trying to make a play and will force a couple shots. That happens occasionally, but not often. BYU's taking open threes and getting layups. Who's taking a mid-range jumper outside of Tyler Haas? Nobody. Consistently. Nobody. I mean, every once in a blue moon, you'll see Skyler fake a three, get his man jumping and and step inside, and Chase will do the same thing. But that's very rare. A long two is the lowest percentage shot in basketball. What's the point of taking that? Take open threes and layups and get to the free throw line. And BYU's getting to the free throw line and shooting a higher, way higher percentage than last year because the guards are taking the free throws. And Corbin Kafusi's doing all right from the free throw line. And Kyle Collinsworth is up 14% in free throws. So these are all great things for fantastic offensive efficiency. I liked Matt Carlino when he was here, but BYU does not miss him at all. We're not even talking about like, oh, man, if Matt Carlino was here. Because uh, some turnovers, he made threes, he, he got shots, uh, you know, assists. He was, a, he was a good player, but at times erratic. That uh, is gone, and there's offensive efficiency via Winder and Fisher in his place. That is an uncanny statistic that we just brought up, okay? Again, 35 games last year, last season rather, BYU made 177 three-pointers. 17 games, not even half as many this year. BYU has dropped in 156. That is crazy. Four more a game. You average five, you average nine now. Tyler Hawes is no longer taking as many long twos, even though he still has the mid-range game. He's made it a point to shoot a ton more threes. Yeah, and that's been a big-time thing. We talked to Michael Smith earlier in the week, former Cougar, now Clippers analyst. He said that he's got to have one great thing to make it in the league. That thing might be three-pointers. Tyler is 30 of 77 from three this year, 39%. Which is right on par with BYU's team average, 39 and a fraction percent. So BYU, while they're taking a lot, they are making a lot. Let's go next level statistically. This is just for you, Jerem. Oh, just for, what, what about the audience? Okay, it's for them too. Okay. But I know that you'll like this because you, you enjoy relevant statistics. And this is a relevant statistic. Points per 100 possessions, both offensively and defensively. BYU's so, all about possessions on offense. Okay. So every 100 possessions for BYU this season, they average about 77 per game. It's a ton. That is, that is a lot. So many. They are scoring 118 points. That's good for 10th best in the country. 
Sounds okay. good to me. Compare that to last year when it was 112, and that was 47th in the country. So they're plus six in that offensive category right there. Okay. Now you look at it defensively. BYU last year giving up 103.4 points per 100 defensive possessions. This year, only 98. So they have made ground defensively and offensively. Voila, 13 and 4. And Plus they're 11 right there. Yeah. Per 100 possessions. Yes. That's great. That's a great statistic. That's great. And like Mark Pope said, you're a little better on defense, you're going to be way better as a team. The only caveat to all this awesomeness we've been discussing related to BYU basketball the last two days is that unfortunately they didn't get one of those big wins. However, BYU's in a great spot right now. Lenardiism as a 10 seed bracket matrix has them as an 11. They're, they're in a good spot. I think that they're going to make this really big, notable run towards the end of the regular season where they go into Gonzaga with a ton of momentum. Maybe they've won every game. They drop one, maybe two the rest of the way, in my opinion. We'll ask Chase Fisher what he thinks. Does he think BYU's primed for a run to the end of the season? Why is this year's BYU Hoops team better than last year? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At RHS Grad 2014. Unlike last year, this year they have more than two guys that can hurt you. You can't double team and they shoot the three like an NBA team. We just touched on how well BYU is shooting the three with how many makes. Now the two guys that can hurt you, I'm assuming he's talking about Tyler Haas and Matt Carlino, Eric Mika was also there averaging double figures in points, and we thought, man, how does BYU get past the fact that they don't have Eric Mika? Okay? I'm not going to say that BYU... You do with another guard. Exactly. I'm not going to say that BYU doesn't miss Eric Mika, but Dave Rose has figured out a way around that. Yeah. Ideally, you have a post player, right? Someone that can score in the post. Next year, BYU is going to have that. Kyle Davis is a steal. From Utah State, he's going to be awesome. And in two seasons, BYU is going to be post-heavy. The other day, we spent, I don't know, an hour looking at the next year's team and then the next year's team, just breaking down what's going to happen. BYU is guard-heavy this year. And that's the style, and that's the way they've got it. They've got four shooters on the floor at any point. Corbin Kafusi is developing. I don't think BYU will have a low-post presence uh, this season. But that's okay. BYU is doing just fine. At Elko Cougar, better shooting, better ball movement. The ball doesn't stick. Yeah. Certainly the case over the last two road games. And that was the issue sometimes with Carlino, is that the ball would be in his hands for too long. Too much dribbling. dribbling. Yeah. These guys hand share up, it up, and move up. it so well, hot potato style, go Cougs. So, yeah, he makes a fair point right there. There's more handoff with BYU on the perimeter, and the guards come out and screen. There's tons of open space. It's interesting. Coming up, BYU junior shooting guard Chase Fisher on the reason for improvement from last season to this season. And how Arnold Schwarzenegger has inspired him. Go, Chargers, go. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. Get down. Get down again. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. You can follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Coming up tomorrow, BYU and Pepperdine, 11 Eastern time. A late tip. Make sure you get a nap in the afternoon. I've been saying that all week. It's live on ESPNU. You can listen to it on BYU Radio as well. That you can. Our Twitter question today, why is this year's BYU Hoops team better than last year? We've already talked about what we think and the difference makers that have happened in that time. Tell us what you think using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now, 
a man who can explain macro and micronutrients better than anybody else I know. Also one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest fans. His name is Chase Fisher. Chase, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. You know what? We're going to start with the Twitter question today. And then we'll get to your Arnold and macronutrient stuff. And your sweatshirt. <laughs> and, your, and your sweatshirt, yes. Why do you think, in simplified terms, this year's BYU basketball team is having greater success compared to last year's team? Um, you know, I wouldn't. First of all, I don't want to classify it as we're better than last year's team or anything because I really like last year's team, had a really good team. Um, I think in terms of how we're different, I think you know we have a lot better ball movement this year. Um, and I think defensively, I think everybody's kind of on the same page a little bit more and, and maybe bought in a little bit more defensively. And uh, maybe it's due to personnel or whatever that is. But, um, yeah, I think we really move the ball well as a team. And uh, defensively, we're a lot better. And it's the best defensive team I've been on in college. So even though we're known as an offensive team, I think, um, you know, we're really solid defensively as well. Lots of elements into that, and we'll follow up on some of what you just said right there. But first, tell us about your your jacket. I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's very winter esque. Um, the origin of this sweater, uh, I was I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. I think it was last year. I uh, I saw a movie with James Franco in it, and I'm a big movie guy as well. What, what movie? Um, I think it was This Is the End. It's kind okay. of a comedy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of fan of it, but he had a really cool like cardigan sweater on. It doesn't really look like this, but I kind of was like, man, I really need to get one of those. It's gonna be cold. <laughs> um, and my mom actually was like shopping around in like TJ Maxx or something, and she was back in Western. She found it and uh, she sent me a picture. She said, "Do you like it?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "Get it. I don't care what size it is." And she got it. And you can ask anybody on the team. I wear this thing probably five days out of the week. It's your so, go-to. Oh, it's my go-to. Looks comfortable. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's got a backstory and all, so <laughs> yeah. Chase Fisher and his sweater with us on BYUSN. I do want to ask you about, uh, you, you mentioned specifically the defense, and there's this four-guard lineup, and you know we can all speculate as to why we think the defense is better and mm-hmm. making cleaner transitions and rotations and things, but what do you see on the floor? Why is the defense so much better this year? Um, well, I think from not even starting back from the four four guard lineup, even at the beginning of the year, I think um, this summer, I think our coaches really got with a lot of our leader, leaders of our team and some of the better defensive guys and some of the guys returning, and um, they really just made it a precedent of that's we want to be a good defensive team or a better defensive team than we were last year, and uh, not just be able to score points, but kind of hold guy hold hold people um, to low numbers and get stopped. So. I think it kind of starts from from there, and we all kind of bought into it. But you know, with the four, we do play a lot of guards. Even before we were starting the four guard lineup, we you know we rotate it. We went to the four guard lineup a lot, and it just allows us to switch a lot uh, on the perimeter. So you know, if we have a down screen or a ball screen, and I'm coming, my man's coming off with Anson, and he, I mean, obviously we'll switch. And I think we have some bigger guards. Um, you know, obviously Kyle can guard a lot of bigger people too. So. Um, yeah, I think that helps a lot. But we've all really bought into it. Um, and, and every single day, I think, you know, I don't think we've had one day where we, in practice even, where we've lapsed defensively and kind of just taken a day off. So that's where it starts from. How do you know uh, if you've bought in defensively? Uh, I think, you, I, I, me personally, I believe it starts in practice. And I think you can tell in the preseason, kind of if when you're doing, we do closeout drills every day, which mm-hmm. I hate personally. I've always hated <laughs> Um Coaches are probably going to kill me for that. But um, I think everybody kind of hates them. 
But I think when you, you look at our practice and you hear the chatter and the talking and, and, and when guys get scored on, they get mad and kind of throw a ball or get mad or something. And, and maybe if a guy makes, makes a mistake defensively and isn't where he's supposed to be, we have people holding everyone accountable. You care more? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a care thing. Um, but also I think a team can care and have a couple guys that just aren't, as, aren't bought in as, as the others. Um, and that can kind of throw it off. But I don't think we've had that. So I think it starts in practice, and I think we've done a good job of kind of drilling that into the identity of our team. On offense, the buzzword, uh, according to your coach Dave Rose and a number of your teammates, and probably you, has been confidence. I mean, it's it's not like a loosey-goosey thing out there, but it just seems like you're really relaxed on the offensive side of the ball. Where does that generate from? Uh, I mean, I think it generates from just kind of the system Coach Rose you know, has in place and, and offensively kind of the mindset. And I think it comes from our players. I think, you know, we have a lot of confident guys and I don't think we have anyone who's going to shy away from a shot, even if they've missed, you know, 15 or 20 in a row or, or anything like that. So, and I, for me personally, this is an awesome team to be on because if you miss about three or four in a row, it's not like people aren't going to pass you the ball or something. You know, our team, we have confidence in everyone and, and uh, like I have confidence in everyone in my teammates and they do with me. So I think that's really big for a team. Um, but I think it's kind of just how we are. I mean, we're just—it's a game after all, you know. So it's not—it's not life or death. So you just go out there and play and have fun. I think that's the mindset we kind of have. And it looked like you had the most fun on uh, on Saturday. I, I thought that was the best game that BYU's played all year. What was your favorite part of the San Francisco win? Oh, favorite part, uh, man. Aside from making six three pointers. Uh, aside from that. Uh, probably Kyle getting a triple double. Honestly, I, I really you can Kyle Kyle say what he will, but he uh, he really loves getting triple doubles, and you can <laughs> kind of you can sure. kind of tell after the game he's all excited and hyped up. But no, I mean he's an amazing player, and I think that's a something you know he should be recognized for, and I think that's awesome. And Anson getting a technical, so him <laughs> trying to be a, he's a tough guy out there. Isn't but, that his no. second this year? <laughs> yeah, Utah State, right? Yeah, yeah. You but, just say no. But, it's funny though. It, I think it's just funny when Anson gets a technical because I don't see him like that. Even though he's a <laughs> he gets in people's faces and he's a competitor, but uh, everybody sees the nice Anson like we do in the locker room. And you don't see that, and then he gets a technical. It's just kind of funny. So let's follow up on the triple double. Uh, so Kyle Collinsworth, his tenth assist is a three pointer to you. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that was? Hey, he needs one assist. You know, and hey, that's the one. Awesome, we did it. Uh, no, I had no clue. No contest. No, maybe yeah. Kyle did. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure he did, but no, I had no clue. So he probably would have been mad if I would have passed that shot up. But um, no, I had no clue he was going to have a triple double. Um, if so, I probably would have missed it. I remember in Hawaii. <laughs> in, in Hawaii, well, not on purpose, but I just probably would have. Been, oh, okay, man, I got to okay, make this. Yeah. For, but uh, in Hawaii, I remember I missed his. Ten, <laughs> I missed the tenth assist. It would have been for a three, and then they took me out, and he. Uh, he got he got like a lay or something gave somebody a layup or something after that. But now I always get nervous with those little record things, so mm-hmm. I probably would have messed it up. It's better just got, not to tell me. You got to make the shots, right? So you to a degree, you, mm-hmm. you're part of this triple double, are you not? Oh no question. I think uh, yeah, he knows that I could me personally, I could mess it up any time for him. <laughs> so he's he, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, I think you know we to have a triple double and to get. You know, five or six of them, like he's going for, is and you got to have a team that's going to make shots, and that's us. But yeah. it's not going to happen every game, and not every game's you know an up and down game, you know, like San Francisco was. So, um, 
I think it just kind of depends on the game and if you're making shots. And you uh, box your guy out, and so there's open rebounds, right? That's yeah, awesome, exactly. Right? I think, you know, I, I remember Isaac Nielsen said that to Kyle one time. He said, <laughs> I'm boxing guys out, and you're getting my rebounds, and Kyle got all mad. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> me personally, no, I'm, I don't think I contribute to that as much. But, uh, yeah, to a degree, yeah, I think it's kind of a team thing to get a triple-double. It's awesome. It's amazing. Three, I mean, the single-season NCAA record's four, and he has three. Yeah. Is he going to get another one, you think? Uh, I think so. I mean, every time he goes out, I think it's his stat line. It's like, you know, 14, 8, 6. I mean, so he's – It's always there. He's close pretty much every – and the way we play in the, in our conference, the style we have, and a lot of teams like to play too is getting up and down, I think, you know. Yeah, I think he'll get it personally. So he's almost there every game. Free throw shooting has been outstanding uh, across the board, nearly 77% as a team. Three-point shooting is off the charts right now. This morning when I was doing my research – I, I looked up how many three-pointers were made over the entire season last year, 177. At the halfway point this season, BYU has made 156. You're only 21 shy of the entire season last year. Was that like an emphasis that we're going to take this many and we're going to make this many? I mean, do you set goals or do you just get out there and let it fly? No, I think it's we get out there and let it fly, honestly. Um, you know, we'll score any way we can, but the, like the way we play and the spacing that we have and – and the ball movement, and the great shooters we have, too. Um, you know, those shots are there. It's and, and honestly, it's I feel like I could shoot one almost every possession down. It's like, man, I could get this shot off, or I, can, I could shoot this shot. But, um, yeah, I think just the way we play is kind of, you know, threes are there. And, you know, we may – sometimes you, it's, it's hard because, you know, you live by it and you die by it. But, you know, I think statistically teams who shoot more threes and make more threes are better, just like the Houston Rockets. I mean, that's kind of their – their theme, but yeah, I mean that's pretty amazing uh, the number of made three pointers. So, and, and I think we've still had some down periods of shooting the ball. I still think kind of our best days of shooting the three are, are still ahead of us. So that's exciting, and it's fun to watch. And I think you guys are taking good shots uh, from distance and layups. I think that's why it's been more efficient this mm-hmm. year. But do you guys feel like um, since the, you have lost games, but you've been competitive in all those games and you won the rest of the games, do you feel like you're going to go on this? Big run in WCC right now? Yeah, I personally, I do, and I think, you know, our team does as well. But, um, yeah, and that's – it's tough losing those games. And, um, you know, and we've – obviously, we have been really competitive. It's not like we've been blown out ever. Um, We've been – we could have won every single game. But, yeah, I think we're really poised for a run. And I think – and we had a really good team, obviously, coming into the year. It's good on paper and everything. But I think you have to look at it like – we need time to gel. You got a lot of new pieces. You got some pieces coming back, but that's kind of how basketball is. You know, if you get hot at the right time, and you know that's that's how it is. Like you look at Florida; they're ranked six in the country, and they lost you know five of their first seven games or something like that. So, and they're a really good team. So it's it's kind of like when you're playing well and got to get used to each other. So I think right now we're going to go on a big run, and you know we just got to stay healthy and and kind of stay together, which I know we will. Chase Fisher, BYU junior shooting guard with us on BYU Sports Nation. You're 4-0 and on the road this year, Chase. And uh, what a way to open conference play away from home. Compare that to last year, BYU lost to Pepperdine. BYU lost to LMU. Mm-hmm. Then you go back-to-back 30-plus point wins to open the road this year. What changed there? Um, you know, I think uh, it was kind of the same setup, honestly. I was looking at our schedule going into the break. We had, we had really tough – we had uh, – tough schedule we had I think it was UMass Stanford and Gonzaga all in a row and I think every you look at that and you're like man that's a potential for a little skid if you start playing bad you lose a couple in a row going in the conference and that's how it kind of goes sideways 
with you know the LMU and Pepperdine last year. But I think we put an emphasis on that, and we we really played well through you know through that little three game stretch. And we're, it's a tough loss versus Gonzaga, but I think as a team we really we rebounded, and it showed how mature we were um, by just coming back and playing Portland that Monday and getting a good win. I think that really got us solid the confidence. Yeah, and then we went on the road, and I think you know that's where the maturity of this team kind of kicked in. For uh, I saw. Because we had a different mindset. We didn't have a going on the road like, man, we're going to win this game. Let's just play. And we went on the road like, hey, we're in enemy territory and we got to play hard. And I think that's what we did. And, you know, are you going to win by 30 every single game? Absolutely not because teams are too good in college basketball and in this conference. But, um, you know, I think it's just a mindset thing for us. And right now we, I think, top to bottom, we have a really good mindset in the locker room and in practice. Chase, we need to wrap up with you right now, but I, I need to know if there's some validity to the – to the story that Tyler Haas told us about you watching Arnold Schwarzenegger videos. Is, is this, to pump a, yourself is this up truth? Four games or something. Just know this. Tyler Halls likes to tell a lot of little lies. <laughs> he does. He'll say I do, but it's not true. Um, oh, no question. I'm a huge fitness guy, as you guys know. Um, I love to lift weights and, you know, do my fitness thing. And, yeah, a couple times this summer when we were going to have big lifts, yeah, I'd turn some Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> got some great motivational uh, videos for everyone out there. But I watch tons of other ones. I mean, they'd, if they think Arnold Schwarzenegger's bad, those ones, come and see the other ones where there's underground fitness guys I'm watching where they're kind of crazy. They get kind of wild, these videos. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my brother is a huge fitness guy as well. He played college basketball, but he's kind of jacked up now, and he loves it. And he got me, and I love it too. Um, and he always sends me all these links to stuff. And oh yeah, I, I, there's I, I, there's no shame in my game on that. Fantastic, Chase Fisher averaged 37 <laughs> points a game in high school. We need to have a discussion about that later. Thanks for joining us on BYU Sports Nation. All right, thanks guys. Why is this year's BYU hoops team better than last year? Use the hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. Up next, BYU volleyball debuts in just a few days. You know I'm pumped, man. Who better than the head coach, Chris McGowan, to preview the 2015 Cougs? He'll join us live next. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. The show rolls on. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up Friday, gymnastics is on BYU TV versus Utah. Huge match. The, uh... Red Rocks ranked sixth Friday night, nine Eastern on BYU TV, which is like low for them. Like number six, is like I know. Oh, we should be higher. Yeah, it's, than it's a good meet. Like Utah's going to win, whatever. It's it's really fun because BYU's game raises with Utah. BYU men's volleyball will debut at home on BYU TV not too long after the gymnastics ladies next week. The 2015 season basically here. Joining us live on set to preview. The new season, a man who knows how to rock a suit and win a lot of matches. Chris McGowan. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't break it out today. I went hoodie. Sorry. You're allowed to go a little bit low-key here on the set. Okay, there's no suits allowed, I believe, on set, right, Jerem? You yeah, set up I, that rule a long time ago. I've, uh, he's never wore a non-colored shirt on this, by the way. I, I go non-colored. I've worn a T-shirt before. Have you? One time? We, yeah. we were talking about this during the break. When it, the game's on TV, the matches are on BYU TV. You go suit. Suit it when up. When not on TV? Suit it up, yeah. When not on no TV, suit. no need. Got to dress up, man. Got to look okay, but no need for the suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what has the offseason been like uh, for BYU Volleyball, losing the likes of the all-time great uh, Taylor Sander, who Jerem called the, the Jimmer Fredette of, of volleyball? You know, it's a really apt comparison, actually. You know, um, Taylor, uh I mean, it's hard to put in context how good Taylor was for us for all those years. And uh, and so losing him, it's, you know, 
it's he was our best server. He was our best passer. He was our best attacker. Um, there was just something about putting him out on the floor, and the guys just kind of knew Taylor was going to take care of things. And so not having that element of here's this guy that's going to take care of things, it's been interesting to see the way other players have responded and filled in leadership gaps and uh, – and players have, you know, just kind of decided I'm I'm going to be better here than than you know I think he he let us off the hook a little bit you know and uh, and not having that influence in the gym I think other guys have really stepped up. Where are you seeing that? Because uh, I went to practice and I heard guys that weren't vocal last year being more vocal. Uh, it'll take some time to kind of figure out who those guys are. I imagine though. Yeah, you know, more than anything, I think we're just seeing it in terms of overall work ethic. It isn't as specific to an individual as it is to just the group we're asked, we demanded a lot of them in the fall more than we ever have in terms of just physical effort, be in the Mm -hmm. gym, be in the weight room, be in conditioning. We pushed them really hard and never once did anybody say, Hey, this is too hard. They all said, this is harder than we've ever gone, but nobody's griped about it. Nobody's complained about it. They just, they knew. And we talked about it. Hey, look, you know, We've got to get better collectively, and we've got to be able to somehow every single one of us be a little bit better. And if everybody's a little bit better, that equals Taylor. And uh, and I think they like that idea, and, and they went to work, and it's been awesome. And the group is as cohesive and is together and is on the same page. And they comment about it all the time. They said there's not a division of upperclassmen, lowerclassmen. It isn't like, you know, hey, freshmen, go do this, go do that. They're all kind of regarded the same way, and the guys really, really, I think, like each other a lot, and uh, and there's this really high level of mutual respect across the whole group. There's something to that. I've been on teams before where, you know, it was cordial, but we, we didn't really like each other. It was just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then I've been on teams where the chemistry is there. It it makes a difference. It just does. It, uh, it does for sure, and then it's one of the things the guys talk about, like, you know, just I could go hang out with any guy on our team and be excited about it. The one division where we kind of see it maybe is married guys, not so not married guys, you know, <laughs> where uh, where if you're a married guy now, and it was crazy, like half our team got married. And over, a bunch of roommates. Yeah, that was the. Keep, the, Underwood, uh, Hatch. Hatch, they're all roommates, all got married. Yeah, so, um, and Sutton, yeah, all those and guys. Sutton, that's yeah. right. So all those guys got married. Price got married. Um you know, just all these guys getting married. Phil got married, and uh, so the married guys obviously they got they got bigger obligations after practice. You know, <laughs> like catchphrase um, together, yeah, and exactly. Pot roast but they do they they still hang out together. But uh, it's a really really good group, and um, just that's one of the neat things about being a coach at BYU is just uh, you know the kind of the kind of person that that our program attracts these really elite athletes, but the guys that have a different agenda, and so it's 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 been great. Who become some of the studs on this team now that Devin Young, a middle blocker, is is gone and Taylor are gone? Who are some of the names the fans are going to get to know early? Tim, I think Dobbert. Um, you know, he I thought he had a nice year last year, but he said something is- interesting when he came back from Germany over the summer. He just said, you know, I just decided that I was all in, and um, I think there was a little bit of resistance to you know, hey, this is the German way, you know, before uh-huh. and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, we're not doing it that way, Tim. We're doing yeah. it the BYU way. And he was there was a little pushback, I think, from him last year. That was gold to your ears, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're going to buy into I, what I, I'm I, telling I, you? I yeah. Just, yeah. As a coach, you're just like, yes, you know. And uh, and so he was um, 
he's he's worked really really hard and uh, had a had an ankle sprain in late November kind of set him back a little bit. He's not, he's still not 100 percent, but he's getting back. But I think he's gonna he's gonna light some people up this year. Tim, um, if we can keep Jake Langlois healthy, he's pretty raw in terms of just overall volleyball skill. He, he didn't come to us as a volleyball player. Ironically, he's a six nine soccer player slash golfer, and uh, That's so weird. And, what? Uh, he might have even grown, so now he might be 6'10". But he's, he's listening to 6'10". Maybe yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, well, you know how the listings go. <laughs> yeah, we always inflate a little bit. But uh, he's physically as gifted as anybody we've had in the gym. Just gets off the floor yeah. at 6'10", gets off the floor big anyway. And so, uh, and he's got a good arm, and he's a hard worker. He's, you know, just keeping him healthy has been an issue. But uh, if he can stay healthy, he's going to... You know, I think fans will be like, whew, that's that's pretty impressive. And then just, uh, you know, in the middle, Joe and Hatch and Price are kind of battling for that spot. But mm-hmm. all of them are really nice players. Hatch is, I think, going to have a great year. Mm-hmm. Jalen, um, as a libero, has been really, really solid for us. He's worked real hard. And so he'll still bring his same level of energy. And uh, and then setting, we've got three really good setters. And uh, and Heap, I think, has worked as hard as anybody um, in the off season too. And so he comes back, I think, more fit, just more composed. So it's good having uh, all those guys working hard. First of all, we should give you credit for your German accent, which was <laughs> outstanding. You've seriously done your homework on that for Tim. And uh, you brought up his injury, the ankle injury. There have been a few nicks and bruises on your team. How is the overall health of BYU Volleyball as you approach the new season? Uh, you know, we made a conscious effort in the off season to do some things that we thought, you know, it's this kind of tenuous, I don't know, science between uh, you know, conditioning and strength and injury prevention, you know, and so we thought, you know, let's err on the, let's get stronger, let's get better conditioned side in terms of if we want to try and do that uh, for injury prevention. We, we put together um, a little kind of coalition that meets weekly with our trainer, our strength and conditioning guys. Uh, we we, we kind of roped in a couple other, um, you know, opinions on, you know, just overall health of the team because it was a factor for us last year, and it's a factor for every team. Volleyball, you wouldn't think, is a sport where people get hurt, but it's just there's so much impact and so much leverage that you're putting on your body when you're attacking a ball jumping high, and uh, these guys are coming down, you know, from pretty big heights oh, over yeah. and over and over mm-hmm. and over, and so just the repetitive stress injury, it's, it's just it's part of volleyball. And so all these guys are always playing a little nicked up and with a little bit of pain, and it's just, you know, part of life is – as a volleyball athlete, as an athlete in general, but particularly in volleyball. Let's talk about the schedule for a second. You, you open the season with the national champs, Loyola. Luckily, yeah. that's in Palo Alto. Then you play Lewis, who was uh, the Miva rep and the at-large bid last year as well, one of them. Uh, and then UCLA at home. You go back to the MPSF format of Pacific, doesn't have a program, so you play the same team twice in a weekend. Yep. Uh, what, do you, what do you think your schedule this year? Uh, I like the fact that we. This is a year where the the weight on home came back to us because Hawaii mm-hmm. comes. Poor Cal Baptist uh, has to come to us again. I think that's three years in a row where it's been imbalanced towards us. But uh, so we have a really good, I think, home schedule. Fans will like it. Um, I actually liked the the home and away format um, a little bit, but uh, you know we don't have a choice in the matter, and so we like what we've been given. <laughs> and uh, you know it's a gnarly start. Um, to the season for us, yeah. the first six opponents are all you know going to be top five caliber. Um, Loyola, Lewis, UCLA, Santa Barbara. Yeah. So. Yep. 
you know, Santa Barbara's going to be great. UCLA is always good. Defending national champions, you know, uh, NCAA Final Six team, and so uh, you know we'll have to we'll have to play pretty good early to to you know put some W's on the board. And of course, I have to mention right now there are 14 home matches. We have 12 scheduled on BYU TV starting next week. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's so great. The practice dynamic is something I'm I'm interested in, Coach. And when when you're at practice with your dad, Carl. How how is that uh, managing the guys uh, with with family in the in the same building? You know that part of it isn't the the hard part. Practice is actually pretty smooth. Um, you know, we just I just my dad always tells me, "Give me something to do. I want a job." And so we've kind of handed off the middles to him. And so in specific mm-hmm. activities, I'll say, "Hey, you know, I want this from the middles. Watch this. Watch this. Help him there." And he'll just go and do his thing, and then he'll interject himself. And our staff has basically free reign to coach when they want to coach. And so if they want to stop practice at any point in time and, hey, let's talk about this or do it, they've got, you know, green light to do that. And so I, that part of it's easy. It's the it's the off-court stuff where he goes, you know, you screwed up this practice <laughs> and we didn't do enough of this. And, uh, you know, and so just getting that feedback is, has been the tough part for me. But, um, you know, after, you know, going on our fourth year together, it's uh, we're figuring things out. First, the first couple were, you know, it was come on, you know, <laughs> and so it's uh, it's been really interesting. I, you know, you don't see too much of that father son or just you know um, in coaching and 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 if you know my dad, you know he's a man of very very strong opinions, you know, and uh, and he's so used to ha- being able to do it his way forever, and so it's been interesting when he hasn't ha- been able to do it his way, you know, just you can see him going. Taking deep breaths. And, All right, I'm gonna let Chris screw this up, I guess. You know? So yeah, or go win it for that matter. Or go right? win it for that, and it's turned out great. We've had some really good years. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I have somebody on social media asking me where you get your suits. Um, so maybe you don't want to reveal that, but uh, where, where do you where do you get your suits? Yeah, all over the place actually. Um, mostly online. There's uh, you know I, I favor Calvin Klein suits okay. actually. So okay. um, this is a suit guy too. But okay. uh, yeah, they uh, they do a pretty good job with how I'm built. You know, it's I'm always off the rack. I'm never uh, you know uh, bespoke suits. I, I haven't <laughs> hit that when when they start paying me. You know. Uh, you know, women's volleyball money. Then, got <laughs> fired. <laughs> then, then I'll start having handmade suits. But uh, yeah, awesome, coach. Great to have you. Good luck in the approaching season. All right, thanks a lot. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we debut the newest and what we feel will be the greatest segment on BYU Sports really? Nation. I don't know. Maybe that's. I didn't know you felt that strongly about it. I love this. I'm super excited about it. And you should all watch and listen next. Is it catchphrase? What is it? Risk? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Watch sports on BYU TV. Sportsness. Practiceness. Thursday, men's hoops versus Pepperdine, 11 Eastern time on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Check it out tomorrow night. Game, game night. Sports. Game night. Practiceness. I that's a new one. That came from my ward. That's pretty practiceness. Practiceness, yeah. Oh my goodness. The set why, in church. Why is this year's <laughs> BYU basketball team better than last year? Use the hashtag BYUSN at WAP17 at WHOP17. Is it WAP time? Until we beat the Zags, WAP. WAP. we WAP. are not better. See, BYU beat Gonzaga last year, but Gonzaga was nowhere near the team they are this year. 
So I don't think you can gauge it on whether or not you beat Gonzaga because it yeah. changes so much from year to year. I mean, you could do other things and not beat Gonzaga and then be okay. I, that is a benchmark. I agree. That is a benchmark of where you sit in the conference. It's Gonzaga's conference. They own the land. BYU rents some turf, right? They're the number that's six team in the country. That's what it is. And, it's, and that's okay. Being number two is not a bad spot to be in. We're going to try something new here what based on several conversations that Jeremy and I have on a regular basis. We call it Would You Rather. Would You Rather on BYU Sports Nation. Number yep. Okay. Here's yes, it. I would rather. This is how it works. We throw out a situation. Jeremy and I have to pick one or the other. There is no both or neither. It's we have to pick one or Take the other. Take a stand. Number one. Have BYU win the WCC tourney or win one NCAA tourney game? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Man, they haven't won a WCC they, tournament or, or any tournament, for that matter, championship since 2001. Conference tur- postseason conference tournament since 2001. Or one NCAA tournament win. Be- oh. Okay, be- for me, because BYU has not won the tournament championship since 01. I almost go there. I know that you want to win in the NCAA tournament, and that's a lot of what defines the season. It shouldn't, but that's a lot of what defines the season. Is Did you make the NCAA tournament? Did you win a game? Two, three, four, five, six? I, I'll go tourney championship okay. because BYU hasn't won one since they, 01. They haven't had the trophy for a very long time. and so It's this, a trophy. This is really difficult, but I'm going to give just a hair over 50% of the share to winning an NCAA Way tournament to take game. take a stand, you fence sitter. Okay, but I'm taking the tournament game. You told me to pick something. I'm taking the tournament I game. I know, but you qualified it with like, well, oh, fine. Okay, throw out the qualification. I'll take the tournament game <laughs> every go. time. There all right, go. Every I'll time. Take it. Be, yes, okay. because it leaves you with a feeling of success in the, in the very latter part of your season. So if you okay. win NCAA tournament games, that will help your recruiting more than winning a conference tournament championship. It's too bad there's not a trophy associated with winning in the NCAA tournament. <sighs> no, I, I get you. Winning in the NCAA tournament is super important. Better than winning conference championships. It's just Unless exciting. you haven't won a tourney championship since 01. Number two. Would you rather have Tyler Haas as the nation's leading scorer or Kyle Collinsworth set the triple-double record? Now, we're talking NCAA Ooh. record, right? That he would get uh, four tie or lead with in a season? Yes. Or Tyler Haas, nation's leading scorer? Okay. I'll go. Ugh, yeah. I, okay, I'll go Kyle Collinsworth, triple-double, NCAA record, because that's an NCAA record. Not, uh, not you know, number one in the NCAA at the end of the year. Although, that's great. Tyler's been in the top five. He's already defined by that. Number one would be icing on the cake. Sure, that'd be nice. But triple-double record? That's amazing. Like, you passed Shaq, for goodness sake, uh, who had six in a career. That could happen next year. But I'll go with KC triple-double. I'm going to agree with you on this one. I would rather have Kyle Collinsworth set the triple-double record because of how versatile he is. It's just so All, weird, too. It's like the weirdest stat ever that Ty- you get a triple-double. Tyler's going to score points. Rare. He'll be a top-10 scorer in the nation, regardless. Yeah, okay? that, that'll happen. Which is awesome. He's going to get his points. But if Kyle can do this, that will create more buzz, and that means Kyle is doing more things to help his team win. And that means he's in the NCAA record book forever, until someone else does it. Melvin Gordon's like, hey, sometimes it lasts a week, bro. Okay, that was the trial run on Would You Rather. What do you think about it, BYU Sports Nation? We love it. And there are infinite possibilities. Up next, something we have not addressed yet. It may or may not deal with husks of corn.
This is BYU Sports Station. I wonder what it is. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Hey, what were you just alluding to, Jerem? Hit it. <laughs> Countdown to the Cornhuskers. <laughs> 241. Booyah. Countdown to the Nebraska Cornhuskers at 241 days away. Less than eight months, people. I need to mention something. Okay. La- last night, you, you know, you're familiar with that post Jimmer. Yes. Steve Pierce, huge BYU basketball fan, lives on the East Coast. He is like Matt Carlino's biggest apologist, right? So he, he said 10,000 points if you find a way to work the inaugural gathering of the Matt Carlino fan club into BYU Sports Nation. There it is. He went to the Marquette game last night and saw the game and took a picture with Matt and finally met Matt. That's awesome. He is known for being a BYU basketball guru and Matt Carlino's biggest fan, and met him last night. Well done, Steve Pierce. Nice job. Taking it to the next level. Future and guests. I got it in. What's up, Steve? Nice job. He said 10,000 points if you did it. I don't so. even know what that means. 10,000 points playing? for what? Like airline miles or something? This is whose line is it anyways, where the points don't matter. <laughs> My goodness. Future guests include Marty Wilson, Marty. Pepperdine men's basketball head coach, will join us in studio. Nice. Great dude. And uh, you'll see why on BYU Sports Nation. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When we need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm going to give it to Chase Fisher. All right. For that winter yes, sweater. Yes, for, for the sweater. He also made time for us before he had to go to his geography class. So Chase Fisher, for a couple of reasons, rocking the winter sweater and uh, fitness into his schedule, gets our Rise and Shout today. He, uh, yeah, those mi- macro and micro nutrients look, he looked on par. He looked good. The, un- the weight gains. The underground bodybuilders that he referenced. <laughs> what? what? Is what there like even- a black market video for bodybuilding? What does that even mean? <laughs> Guys that aren't Arnold Schwarzenegger just like doing it on their own, man. Go, judges, go. Oh, go- <laughs> Why is this year's BYU basketball <laughs> team better than last year? At Cougar Fan says free throw and three point percentage. Yep. As well as improved defense of late. Yep. Collinsworth being a complete stud. Hasn't hurt either. He's raised his game overall for sure. Hey, thanks to Chase Fisher and Chris McGowan and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand, as always, on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN and BYUsportsNation.com. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Go fill up your cars with cheap gas. Whoa, hit a light. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Shout out to Mike Wall. We're back to work at noon Eastern tomorrow.